It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to the show. I am very excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Nicholas Kimla, founder and CEO for Pipeliner Sales or Pipeliner CRM, as some people know, a visual CRM system. You know, CRM systems are indispensable tools for companies of all sizes, and it seems like every company needs one. And the market has long been dominated by one player. And depending on your perspective, that means either you must be crazy to start a company to compete against the 800-pound gorilla, or that given their dominance across such a broad market, you must have spotted some opportunity that something they weren't excelling at and came up with a product to exploit that weakness. And I believe that's the case we're going to hear about today with Nicholas. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be there. So please just take a minute and introduce yourself. Well, our, yeah, thank you. Our, originally, I'm uh, from Austria, Vienna. Uh, moved exactly three years ago uh, to the States, uh, who is over 51. And normally, no European is doing that, but uh, I, no, no, at that age, you, you don't do that. Uh, you were settled. Uh, and when I, when I said to my wife, uh, honey, we, w- I think we have to move, she looked at me and said, are you crazy? <laughs> uh, we had a very decent and good life, a nice house in Vienna, and everything was doing good. But I realized there is a chance. And you see, I, do, I wanted never to be a guy who is sitting in a rocking chair in, in his 70s and said, oh, I had this opportunity. You know, I could do it. Uh, and we would probably will be the market leader. But then I felt too comfortable to leave everything. And I felt um, when we were testing our product, our, and this was in the early our 2012, our, and we had a test run, we had immediately... T- Two million downloads. Yeah, two million downloads. So this was the the first, you know, sort of instant instant uh, pipeline. Are you saying? Yes, it was the first test. Our we we felt our before we were going into the market and really knowing okay what we should do, how to sell. Uh, we were testing the market. We said, our is our assumption of the product the correct one?" And so this happened and this brought me to the states because i had never ever thought in my life that i would move with over 50 with my whole family or and give up everything and come to the states and so that- just a little bit of background and you had had a previous software company that had done quite well you'd sold it yeah and you what what was sort of the the impetus i mean what, what was the opportunity you spotted saying look here's a need for a new crm system because you know kind of daunting prospect when you have one company that exists in the market has virtually 80% market share. What did you see as the opportunity? Well, this is exactly what you say that brought me to this because your assumption is that our, the gorilla, we speak of Salesforce, has 80% of market share. The reality is and that most people don't understand and really see he has only 16% market share. Ah, well, explain that to us then. And so our, when we were, our, first of all, when, when we did our first world hit, our, we really revolutionized with our solution. And I have the best, I believe, yeah, everybody believes that, but I believe we have the best programming company in the world and the, the smartest people. And we are working right now almost 12, 13 years all together. So it's a 
you know, when you work long enough, you get very efficient and very effective. And so when we revolutionized one industry, our 2006, 2007, and our, we were are restricted by IP rights not to do anything, what you should do? They are young. We were not that old. And so we said what we should do. And we realized there is a big opportunity in the CRM space. Why? Because wherever we were going, people were saying CRM sucks. And right. I said, I said to everyone, "Come on, would you would you drive a car that sucks? Would you use a smartphone that sucks?" No. Then we spoke with the people, and we said, "Why are you guys then still doing that?" And they said, "There is no alternative. They all suck equally." And what what was and how how did they suck? I mean, what was the what was what were things what were things they're doing that were wrong? Yeah, exactly. Or what were the? This is what we figured it out two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, and we figured it out and said, okay, why they suck at all? Yeah, why are all the big fives, Microsoft Dynamics, Sugar, SAP, Salesforce, whatever it is at that time, Salesforce was not that big two thousand six seven, but it was already. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's going in the right direction. But when we spoke with the users. With the with the people, they are really handling and, and, and doing the deal. They said we don't like it because and, said, and it was so interesting. And then said we need that, but there is no alternative. And then I said, well, this is a business opportunity for me. And then we were going why it was not working for the users, why it's not that. And then we figured it out from an architectural point of view. When I'm coming from the programming, we saw okay, this is more server client. The structure that. Um, Originally, all CRM systems were built was more what management need and not what the user needs, and then management get it. So it was only the opposite how you are doing it, uh, what kind of solution you bring to the market. And then I realized, my goodness, uh, we should interview people, and we did. We interviewed uh, over a thousand, and then we figured it out what kind of features would benefit the user. So well, so tell us what were the maybe the top three things you found in your research, the interview with a thousand customers that they were dissatisfied with their existing CRM system. Um, first of all, everything should be visual. Why? Because uh, a picture, to be honest, speaks sixty thousand times faster than a word. And secondly, it's universal. A picture, if I if I do a picture, everybody understands. This is why it's rocking on social media today. It's more pictures, Instagram, and whatever you have, are, or videos, than, than words. Um, there is a side effect that people are not reading anymore so much, but forget that. Uh, in typing, or so visual was one, then the easiness of use was about the feature. It's not typing in, it's more how you can get that stuff for you done that you are get more intelligent in the system. Mm -hmm. yeah? So visual, intelligent, and uh, flexibility that you every time, wherever you are, you can change that. It's, 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 it's how you enter because you, we assume every person has the same entrance. Wrong. That means maybe a person has an entrance over account management. Maybe another person has it over contact management. Maybe another person has it over lead management or over activity management or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Why do we assume there is only one door into the building? Right. This is why, this is why how we changed everything. So then now tell us how you did change that then. So when you came out with your first product, it was what, what year for Pipeliner? Our, well, we programmed our 
believe it or not, uh, we programmed really so many years that no one would ever put money under the table. And we, we realized when I was sitting with my, my team, uh, why in the world there is so many apps and not so many solutions? Why? Because you see, today we have thousands of apps, yeah? mm-hmm. but all apps are just covering one little problem and then you have to add that. And I think this is a dead end, in my opinion, in many ways. Why? Because at the end of the day, someone has to pay the license fees for all of that, number one. Number two, the price is going up and up and up. What you need for uh, per user per seat per month or per year, whatever, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. if it's uh, per year or per month. But at the end of the day, if you say, I need this and this, and this would be good, and this would be good, you're ending up probably by our by a price where you feel, oh my goodness, this costs me per user, per seat per year, five, six thousand dollars. And then you say, I cannot afford that anymore. Yeah. Right. But at the beginning, 30, 40, 70, or 90 doesn't sound bad. But when you add all these little things, then you are then you are in a price range where you feel, my goodness, this is too expensive. Number one. Number two is all of that has to constantly be maintained and updated and trained. And this costs a, a company on efficiency and definitely for effectiveness uh, entering into the market. So I think this is a little bit of dead end in my opinion. As good as it is, this is a danger with all these hundred thousands of apps. And first of all, nobody knows right now what you can, there's too much out there. Yeah. Right. So you entered the market when? We are. I came over uh, on September 29th. Yeah. So this was really the start of uh, after testing, and we tested it a little bit. So we had uh, probably I don't know. Our, we had our almost nothing on revenue, but we had some customers with us. They were testing and they liked it. And so I said, if I really want to bring it to the street, if I really want to keep going, I have to, to go to the States. And this is our, this is how we started. Yeah? And, uh, and because why? Because it's the biggest market. If you make it here, you can make it everywhere. Yeah? Sounds like New York City. <laughs> yeah, well, he's my fan. I love him. Our, our, our Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Right? He's, he's, oh my goodness, what a voice. What a voice. So, do most of the customers you sell to have existing CRM systems? No, that's the interesting thing. So, I want there's to... the second. Uh, there is the second thought that everybody should consider are where the perception is wrong. Number one, we have a gorilla who has eighty percent. Not true. Only sixteen percent. So how? Well, so and the second the second assumption is the second assumption is everybody has already one. Only five percent of all the companies using a CRM, five to ten percent. Some gardeners say this, and others foresters say this. So let's say ten percent. That means ninety percent are not using anything. Now, okay. So let's go back to the sixteen percent. So, because okay. your number varies from what you know is out there in the literature that everybody sees, and maybe that's just hype that's being promoted by Salesforce. But where's the source of the sixteen percent number? Well, the the source is Gartner. Okay. Go to the like maybe this year they have eighteen percent. That could be. I'm. I'm. But sixteen was last year at the end of two thousand fourteen. Uh, Salesforce has are uh, from Gartner sixteen percent market share in the CRM space. Okay. 
maybe it's today 18 or 19 but you see it doesn't care if how much they have even if they grow by doubling the company yeah or what would be fantastic for them it would be fantastic for CRM because you see most of the users if you go there they're not happy they're not happy that's the reality do you have ever seen someone lying in front of her of her Salesforce store well first of all they don't have one but if you want um, in the old days, or you have an iPhone, you want it, oh my goodness, the people were lining up. So it's not the brand that was so great, it was the product who made the brand great. In Salesforce, we have the best marketing machine in the world, but not the best product. And I'm not saying that. Ask the users. Okay. So you're saying that most customers that you're selling to don't have a CRM system. I would say we have our high percentage of customers they are not using any system or they use still you wouldn't believe Excel sheets. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. So yeah. and it was surprising to me that when you go in some industries and you speak to the people and they say, "Yeah, well, we have these our beautiful Excel sheets that we created with our with our uh, pivot tables and with mark uh, micromanage our, our automatic stuff and and then you realize, my goodness, this is an Excel sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it works, it works, right? Yeah, but for collaboration, it doesn't work. And for instant information, it doesn't work. For updating an information, it doesn't work. For uh, working offline, like what Pipeliner can do, it doesn't work. Yeah. Or uh, when you collaborate in some way and immediately want the instant information when you're online. Yeah. So there is are thousands of things that doesn't work any longer. This is like sure. You, you can take a bike and, uh, and, and cycle down from Los Angeles to San Diego. There is no question you can do that if you have a good health and a good uh, condition. But it takes <laughs> a very long time. Yeah. When you have a motorbike, it's maybe more fun and, and it's faster. <laughs> yeah, it depends on who you are, right? I'd prefer yeah. the bicycle. You might prefer the motorbike, but yeah. Yeah, I know. But it was, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So... Why do you think these companies had not adopted a CRM system until Pipeliner approached them? Um, well, there's many reasons. First of all, I think are um, for the, the 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 classical CRM approach. What we also have changed are is are you have to come together, and it's a long process. It takes you a lot of people to come together around the table, and you have to speak with them, and you have to implement that. It's it's an effort. It's a real effort to bring all these people under one table, and are and then you have are a company you, that helps you to implement that the processes and everything, and it costs you money. And so some of them say, no, we can do that the easy way. And today. Uh, we're at the end of this uh, possible workflow because today every customer, every customer wants to be addressed individually. And I think that is the big change. Um, the, the buyer has realized it, but the seller is right now a little bit behind uh, and he has to understand that he has to change too. Mm -hmm. and so uh, the buyer is right now that informed and are um, not tolerating any longer that you address him if you are not are uh, having the right product for him. Right. He gets pissed off. Yeah, he said, leave me alone. Right. So companies have to change and some of them say, okay, where is the system? And, and it was too hard for many years because CRM is not new. You see, CRM is around, no, it's been around forever. Years. Right. It's, yeah, but it was never entering 
are in the same area like what I'm saying, bookkeeping. Do you know a company who has not a bookkeeping software? No. Why? Because it's necessary. You mm-hmm. cannot communicate with the IRS or whatever um, if you it. have no bookkeeping. You know? right. it's, not, it's not working. The same will be true right now with the buyer. So right now, it's over. Every company needs a CRM. And this is why I believe this will be our, a fantastic decade for, for CRM industry in the next 10 years. Unbelievable. Excellent. Okay, when we, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the visual nature of Pipeliner, because I think that's one of the features that sets it apart from everything else that's out there available in the market. But before we go, I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to pose a question to you, and you're going to answer it when we come back from the break. And this is a question I ask all my guests. So hypothetical scenario, you're a new sales manager hired into a company whose sales have not doing very well, and they really need to be turned around. And management, upper management's very, has a really highly developed sense of urgency to make sure something happens quickly. So you're new on board. What two things would you do in the first week that would have the biggest impact? So think about that, and we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. This is Andy Paul with my guest, Nicholas Kimla of Pipeliner. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a 1,000 companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Hi, welcome back. My guest today is Nicholas Kimla of Pipeliner CRM, Pipeliner Sales. So let's talk about the hypothetical scenario I posed before the break. You're a new manager, sales manager into a company. Sales aren't going well. They will need to be turned around. Management wants things to change in a hurry. What two things would you do in the first week that would have the biggest impact? Well, the number one are issue that are, first of all, let me answer that in, a, in, in two different ways. Number one is I strongly believe today sales manager is a very hard job. And I have highly great respect for this kind of people because they're not only are sometimes pushed into that position, yeah, from uh, most companies still are uh, pushing uh, the successful sales rep into the position of the sales manager. And they forget uh, that this is uh, the wrong thing to do. I'm not saying that every successful sales rep cannot be a sales manager, but the assumption that they will be also that successful as manager is wrong, and we can prove that by statistics. Mm-hmm. And today, a sales manager is really uh, has a lot on his plate, hiring people, training people, mentoring people, helping them, technology, lead section, combination between marketing and sales alignment, then probably closing, then not overruling salespeople, then are having all the numbers in advance, are then having the quota correct, then reporting to others, reporting internally out or to the, to maybe to the board, whatever it is. My goodness, this is a job, or it's not easy. And I strongly believe, um, first of all, not a lot sales manager get the training, what they should have. If we look at the statistics, sales reps got much more training than sales manager. 
but the real implication is for sales manager. If you have a good sales manager and he runs well, he probably will be much more successful to his team than you have individual good sales reps. And here, uh, I would say, first of all, you have to find status quo. What is my sales people using and how I can motivate them and not control them to use a system that I have access you see, mm -hmm. this is the difference. And, and the difference is how they can like to do, because you see, everybody, are, I know a head guy, really, the, 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 the main chief guy in, 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 in Europe, I'm not saying any number, uh, name, or any company, and he had to force his team every Friday for two and a half to three hours to put everything into the system. Can you imagine how motivated his team is every Friday? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but if you have a system where you are like to put that in because you get a value out, a benefit, or it helps you by yourself, come on, you have a different kind of life. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say um, as a sales manager, immediately you have a lot what you can achieve in a very short time if you do it right. So first two things you would do you coming into a new situation, what would they be? Well, uh, as I said, I, I would just uh, look around what my people are using yeah, and how they are using the system. And then uh, I would say, uh, you see, I'm a vendor. I'm uh, As a CEO, I'm also in some form of management or right. sales management, but I'm not a typical sales manager. And I would not uh, ever say I am. Yeah? This, is a, this would be a big lie because, you see, Running a sales team is very different. So I would ask you, Andy, that you go uh, and speak to the sales manager and see where there is. I just come in as a vendor and say, I know what makes your life more easier. Okay. So let's get back to Pipeliner then. So it's a very visual system. So tell us about how it's more visual, what the importance of that is to the people that are using the system. Well, first of all, the visualization helps you in one thing immediately. What is the old the old saying? You see, in the old days, what we had, we had our, uh, and I was writing our, an ebook about that. We had the war room. You remember the war room? Oh yeah. And what yeah. was on the war room on the wall? There was a big target, the quarter, whatever to reach. Mm -hmm. That was visual. Everybody saw that. Yeah, everybody yeah, was saying, could be a could be a chalkboard with everybody's name on it. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Everybody had his name on, had he the target, and the target was visual, and we know, okay, this is what we have to achieve. Well, we did that. We put the target in front of everyone. Yeah, visual in in the first second that everybody sees. Why? Because subconsciously, subconsciously, this is motivating you. It looks, you look at that and say, my goodness, I'm so far away from this target. Where are, where are my opportunities? And then you can filter in one second, in one second, and you see immediately where's the potential, where's the risk. And at the end of the day, our salespeople are very altruistic, I would say. So why they should risk something, they are going out and taking a risk because most of them worldwide live by a higher commission. Well, there are some countries that have almost no commission, but most salespeople live by commission and they are motivated by commission. So they want to reduce the risk that they are losing deals. And if you help them, well, then they're using the system. But if you have a, a, a text-based or a line-based system, they don't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes work to get into it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, and you see, salespeople are 
they want to play a little bit. Yeah, this is the gamification. I I strongly believe in gamification a lot because it helps you. It's good. It's cool. It's 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 slick. It's it's easy. Yeah. So explain some of the gamification elements then you have in Pipeliner. Well, one of them is about our, our most people are so happy if they've figured it out what is the sales process. Okay. Our, by the way, Pipeline is the only system that really Steamless can offer you our multiple sales process. Why? Because a company with multiple divisions or with different product lines have different sales process, service, product, yeah? Mm -hmm. You cannot have the sales pro. We make multiple sales process, but also multiple sales process for, let's say, after sales, pre-sales, whatever, lead engine, different processes, mm -hmm. yeah? Okay. But our, our, let's assume we are so happy we found the perfect sales process. The question remains, what is in the vertical, what you do in each of the stages of the sales process. So we brought in, we called it the buyer action and the sales activity. We brought in, in the vertical, actions and activities that you do. And, and when you do that, it gives you a gamification. It tells you, ah, oh, you're on the way. You're almost there. Do the next thing. Move to the next. And when you, you win something. And so... The thinking was, how can, also from a company, I know what in the vertical, that means in one of the steps, what my people should do. Like, okay, when you move an opportunity from one stage to another, have you called them? Have you sent an email? Have you sent them maybe an ebook? Have you contacted them in the way that you were visiting them? Whatever. It depends on the industry. It depends on the product. It depends on the service. But you see, you can individualize that and you bring a gamification and motivation to the sales rep. No one is doing that. And through that, we can bring in any methodology that's out there in the market and you can bring it into the, in, 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 in the process. So if you want, like or what I really like, Chill Converts, Snap Selling or some, you can bring that in. And now you can motivate your people and put them in and say, hey, come on, this, is, this, is, uh, this helps you. Mm -hmm. So you talked about you can put in buyer actions as well as sales activities. So tell me how those are linked. Well, they're linked in the area, let's say, that when the buyers are everything, in my opinion, yeah, this is just my personal opinion, is driven by the buyer. Yeah? The buyer makes an action and then you can move on. Some people betray themselves and they move on, but then the buyer has not moved on and then they are realizing, my goodness, this opportunity falls through. Why? Because the buyer has not given you any indication. Or I give you an example. The buyer has not given you an indication that he has a budget. And then at the end, he calls you and says, well, I like everything, but sorry, we have no money, <laughs> no budget. If you would know that at the beginning, probably you would not have moved a couple more meetings. Yeah. So, in, so what you're saying is within Pipeliner, when you set up your, your sales process for each stage, you put both the required sales activity and what the buyer action should be as a result of that activity. Yes, correct. Okay, yes. got exactly. it. And not only visualizing that, it gives you a gamification. And what is the gamification? It's about, hey, we all want to close some stuff. Be honest. This is the thing where we have a process. Yeah, It's mm -hmm. not sticking in the process. Mm -hmm. We want to, to win. <laughs> we want to, and the winning is about on both sides. So when the buyer is giving you an indication, yes, our, I have 10 people, they are interested. 
I have started a trial. I have a budget for that. I spoke with my top management and they gave me green light. I have uh, already considered other competitors and I like what you do, but convince me about that. Then you have a real dialogue. And in the real dialogue, it starts to really something keep going that the, that the seller can say, I'm convinced I can close this. But it's not out of feeling, it's coming out of evidence. Mm -hmm. The evidence, be honest, is about action that the that the that the buyer has done Taken, or, right. or the buyer has given you an indication. Yeah. Well, sure, some buyers may be making something up, but at the end of the day, believe it, we are today, we are not faking around. People are very honest and good. I believe in the goodness of people. People are not always liar. What people? No, say. no. I, buyers, buyers. I agree. With you. They they don't have a motivation. They don't have a motivation to, to lie to somebody. Exactly. So you agree <laughs> with me. So when the buyer is moving, my goodness, I have to react correctly. How I do correctly move when the buyer gives me indication. This is the thing, and to marketing automation and to the whole area. I know it's getting very complex what we are talking about, but. On the hand, or everybody understands that, then I can immediately do some activities. And right. this is, activities should be coming out of um, an impulse of a trigger that came from the buyer. Exactly, exactly. So okay. give the listeners a sense of you know, who the ideal customer is for a pipeline, or you know, what size company, what type of company, and maybe having salespeople and so on. All right. Well, I'm formally our very good question. Thanks for that. Our, I'm pretty much an enterprise guy, and I'm coming from the enterprise business. But I concentrate right now not on the enterprise with my whole team. Why? Because you see, at that stage where we are, we want to move fast. And normally, enterprise business is about twelve to twenty-four months. So this is too long. So we have even we can do that. Uh, we concentrate on classical small mid-sized businesses. Our ideal buyer is about let's say fifty fifty people. Now uh, this is perfect for us. Why? He sees the beauty of all their leading and lagging indicators of the uh, of the graphic of the reports of the dashboards of what what's all going on and activity management blah 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 blah. But at the end of the day, he sees the beauty of collaboration and how this works um, and, and how he can really motivate his team to be more successful. And uh, we concentrate right now on um, not one industry because we're doing in so many industry good uh, from finance industry, manufacturing industry, our sure tech industry. And this will change probably in the next two or three years because we are coming up with vertical solutions because some of them people, um, I, I saw that some of the people, if you show them how it works in their industry, then they better can immediately apply it to their situation. So exactly. this is what we, what we have to do. Right now, um, this customization, we are a framework. You can build with us everything, but sometimes people cannot immediately get the point oh this looks like this would look like for me yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah? so we will work on that our, but it's great our, we are rocking and, and I'm so happy and thrilled about being here and uh, even as a foreigner or, or well <laughs> you've been here three years yeah you're practically a native Oh, thanks a lot. I, I I have American roots, or so I was. Or anyhow, but there, I I love to be here. It's great, and uh, I have an unbelievable team, our amazing team, 
and and I think our this industry is rocking in the next year. So every vendor who is industry should just look around and say every vendor is welcomed. It's like with restaurants, Andy. It's like with restaurants. If you have a good restaurant and there is another restaurant starting next to you, it will bring you more customers than less customers. Right. Because people drive there where already some established our infrastructure. Right. Yeah, competition so, competition is not to be feared. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, oftentimes expands the market. So we're yeah. good. So let me ask you, I've got some last segment of the show. I always do some rapid fire questions for guests. Okay. Uh, one word answers you can give me. It'd be fine. Or if you want to talk a little bit more, that's fine too. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So what's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal? Oh, wow. Our <laughs> pipeliner. Okay. Who's your sales role model? That's our, that's a good one. Um, my sales role model. Wow. Um, I have more a management role model and this is Fred Malik and are definitely Sloan from, uh, uh, um, GM. So, yeah, GM and I, I, or, uh, Jack Wells are, so I'm more in the area of my roles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, What's one book that every salesperson should read? Oh, this is also a good one. Very good. Um, um, <laughs> um, I was reading recently a couple of books that were really are. Um, very much helping me in, in many ways, and I, I like our sales management cracking our uh, cracking the sales management code. Our I felt this was a very good one. Other right. ones are I like our Daniel Pink to sell is human. To was sell very is human. Okay, yeah. so crack, cracking the sales management code. Who wrote that? Yeah, our, I think that was um, uh, from the Vantage Group. Our, hold on. Our, uh, I think that was Chase and Jordan. Okay. So what's the first sales activity you do every day? Um, our, my first activity is that I gave an order in my company, our, and I called it always, our, and this is a really an order. I have to have two meetings our, in the week, sales meeting. Okay. They book me. I want to be on the front at least two times a week. I have so much on my plate, our, and it's rocking around. You can imagine around the world. We have right now partners in any, in, almost in every country, and 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 it's everywhere. And and so my 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 day is full. But I want to stick, and it doesn't matter which size it is. I also speak with only someone who has only two three licenses. I don't care, but I want to be in touch at least twice a week with the end customer to hear what he has to say, to hear his problems and also to be interactive and sell him pipeline. And so my activity is always to be very much excited if I have a sales meeting because then I tell them always they let me out of the cave. So I'm happy <laughs> if I can speak with customers. <laughs> All right. So here's a tough question for you. So what's your favorite music to listen to before an important meeting? Um, favorite music? None. No. Oh, okay. None. I, I'm. I'm. 
I'm stay tuned in my brain uh, and want to focus before I have a meeting okay. uh, to, to focus my thoughts, what I want to get out of a meeting. I don't want to be distracted maybe to the music or to whatever. If it's meditative or in some form for other people, like it can work for me, it doesn't work. I have to focus my thought, what I want to get out of this meeting, what I want to communicate and what I want are when I'm leaving the meeting, what is the end result? All right. Focus on the result. Okay, so last question for you. What's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Um, they are overwhelmed how good everything is working and they are just are saying, hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not, are, are, sorry, <laughs> this is really, <laughs> uh, it's overwhelming and it's, it's like, yes, uh, come on, they just say, good job, you really hit the nail and you know where our problems are and so thank you. Yeah, this is, and, and we say, hey, if you have something, or please write me or put it into the systems, and we immediately will impart it in the program. Great. All right. So I want to thank you for being on the show today. My guest has been Nicholas Kimla, CEO of Pipeliner. And Nicholas, please tell folks how they can find out more about Pipeliner. Yeah, go to www.pipelinercrm.com or pipelinersales.com. And our, we have our tremendous library and blog and everything. And so check it out and you have a 30-day trial for free. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to be in touch. And if you want to connect with me over LinkedIn or so, I'm happy to do that. Uh, and stay tuned. Our great things are coming in the next weeks to go. Great. All right. Remember, everybody, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you amp up your business. Subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because you want to make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top sales experts like our guest today, Nicholas Kimla, who share their experience and expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.